Hello and welcome to this um, investment highlights for this year discussion sponsored by PSG Wealth. Uh, my name is Mudiwa Gavaza, writer for the Business Day and Financial Mail, and I'll be your host for this very fascinating discussion around what's been happening in the world of investments in uh, 2022. Now, stubbornly high inflation and aggressive interest rates uh, combined with geopolitical tensions and leadership changes underpinned much of the performance of the markets and asset classes for the year and uh, joining me today is adrian pasco is the chief investment officer over at uh, psg wealth who says that a few of the expectations they had for 2022 started to play out this year and he is going to be explaining how this impacted investment risks and opportunities adrian greetings to you today hi Medeva. thank you very much for having me now, uh, I think just uh, as a place to begin, no one has a crystal ball. I think that tends to be one of the big things that people look at, uh, you know, the likes of yourself for. Tell us what's going to happen in the markets. Unfortunately, no one has such a crystal ball, but uh, experienced investors often use mountains of data to actually make some of these educated guess, guesses about how things might change in the markets every year. A few of, uh, of the expectations that that you made at the end of uh, 2021 actually transpired this year. Can you give us some highlights uh, just around uh, some of the things that uh, you would say that uh, you were able to say that was going to happen? Thank you, Matthew. I think what what really happened is um, really a consequence of, of having a correct view on, on one specific driver being inflation and, and interest rates. So the narrative at the beginning of the year was still a little bit uncertain as to how how quickly interest rates would rise. I think the, the consensus view was that they should normalize, but um, anything as aggressive as what transpired wasn't wasn't really the, the consensus story at the time. Uh, fortunately, our view was that inflation would be a lot stickier and interest rate would need to escalate a lot quicker to combat that. Um, and that has transpired. And uh, I, I think we, that's really benefited us quite, quite healthily was our expectation for that kind of landscape uh, and the impact it would have on valuations in particular, because obviously if you're into that environment and things start to escalate quite quickly from an interest rate environment, then recession fears start to kick in quite quite quickly. And that's when growth comes into question, uh, top line growth for companies, economic growth, um, your ability to get profit growth going, and also the sustainability of growth. So if we look at, at at tech businesses, for example, they were trading uh, last year still at very high multiples because investors expected them to continue growing indefinitely at the existing profit margins and continue just to tick away very high quality businesses. But our fear was that not only would we potentially see a recession um, where the top line would start to come under pressure. So just the amount of economic activity and, and sales volume that you could generate would be under pressure. But almost more importantly is the impact of high inflation on the middle component of the income statement where all the expenses sit and what the impact would be on profit margins when increases started to filter through into wages and other expenses. And, and that profit margin narrative has helped a lot obviously earnings extremely sensitive to, to to that part of a of of the company 
Um, so, so the expectation was that margins would start to erode, and, and they have. And I, I still actually think that we, we could see some of that into next year, but we can maybe talk about that later. And then, obviously, as interest rates go up, and our expectation is for for that to be as aggressive as what it, what it was, um, I think we did well to shelter away from developed market bonds. That's been an area that's taken a lot of pain. Sold off at the same time as as equities doesn't typically happen. So, if the expectation is that that equities would be under pressure, normally um, portfolio managers try to to invest in in bonds as that has a historically negative correlation with equity returns. But just given that how low the yields were at the beginning of the year, we felt that that would be incredibly unlikely. And so obviously we could we could shelter to an extent away from those areas, which has been been beneficial. And and I think locally a commodity price has continued to support the fiscus was a big was was a big deal for us. I just think the the view at the time was just that obviously um Minister of Finance will, will not assume very high uh, commodity prices and high fiscal collections and, uh, from uh, from mining companies into the budget. It wouldn't be prudent to budget at those levels. But the prices have remained high and tax collections have been fantastic. And therefore, our debt GDP ratio is coming in well below what was communicated just a couple of years ago. And obviously, uh, I think our, our sense was that it should have a more positive impact on sentiment. But unfortunately, we had a few own goals as, as we tend to have. You know, I think the allegations against the, the president was a was a big stumbling block, and also the the strength of the dollar was also something that um, that that uh, prohibited us from from seeing our bond yields recover. Yeah, it really just sounds like there's a lot going on there, Adrian, and uh, it's good to at least see uh, the fact that this was something that you guys called to say that inflation, interest rates, uh, these would be two of the biggest factors driving markets in 2022, and that's literally how things have gone on to actually transpire on the ground. And you highlighting the tech companies, for example, uh, globally, uh, and even in South Africa, they have not done well. Well, the markets have not been kind and um, you know a lot of that coming down as you said to the fact that this unlimited growth that had uh, been ascribed to these types of investments uh, has sort of been chipped away at and that uh, you know a lot of that has been tempered that sentiment coming down quite a bit because people are now realizing the actual realities on the ground but at this point uh, I-, I guess it's a good time to then ask if anything did surprise you just with how the how the year went yeah for sure i think there's always things that surprise and and typically they come from a a common area so politics is notoriously difficult area to try and anticipate exactly what will happen and obviously we've we've seen what's been happening in in china and with the with the regulators obviously the big story of the year has been the the war in in ukraine uh very big surprise and then more recently, what's been happening in the UK. So a lot of turbulence in that political environment um, over the last months or so. Um, and those have definitely been um, surprises. And, and as I mentioned, locally, we haven't escaped that. So obviously, the allegations against the president is something that's that's added to, to our words. Yeah, so I think those were, were probably the key surprises, the, the political environment had quite a few for us. 
Uh, I'm sure there aren't many people that would have predicted that one because I remember at the beginning of the year, there was even, you know, uh, a lot of doubt about whether or not Putin would go forward with the invasion of Ukraine. Was that even? For many people, that wasn't even in the realm of possibility. And when it did happen, there was that initial thing to say, oh, no, it's just going to be maybe a week or two. They're just trying to flex their muscles and then we'll be done. But yet, here we are are more than uh, almost a year later now, actually, and uh, we're still seeing and feeling the impacts of that, and it's ongoing. So, you know, quite a tough development uh, that did happen. And then moving on, what was the biggest investment lesson you learned as an investment manager this year? And perhaps um, in addition to that is how do you think this lesson actually helps investors, either with how they make their investment decisions or at least helping them to either be a little bit more cautious or just a little bit more prudent in how they do things? Yeah, that's a very interesting question because it does always feel to me like the mistakes tend to repeat themselves but the cycles that, that roll over time uh, introduces some, some short-term thinking. So the same mistakes that were made this time around were mistakes that have been made in, in previous cycles or in, in similar market environments in, in previous years. It just feels like um, you know that sufficient time has passed to sort of forget the lessons. But I think investors have definitely been reminded this year that there's a significant difference between a good business and a good investment. And it comes back a little bit to to my comments around some of the tech businesses. Um, our view is still that the far greater majority of those are really fantastic businesses, but unfortunately, they remain businesses like any other. And there are periods where investment in them is probably not a good investment if you overpay. Um, and then then you are offered other opportunities where you can we can buy some of the shares at at very low levels at attractive valuations. But I think the narrative that was out there was a good business is a good investment at any time. You can almost invest in them at any time and you'll make money out of them. But what we've seen now this year is that, yes, we did actually see revenue growth out there. Um, so they've continued to to grow. The problem is the market have derated them and they've sold off. So they've gotten cheaper. So ideally what you would want is to find a good business um, that will make a good investment. And that entails that you consider both the quality of the business as well as the price. And I think investors have just overlooked price for a very extended period of time. And it's been a good lesson for for this year, healthy reminder. And I, and I don't think it's too late either. I think there's still some valuation pressure in certain areas of the market. And it still sits with very good businesses that might be under pressure going forward still. So um, if you if you were concentrating this year, I think you can still benefit from that lesson um, in the coming year as well. Um, Adrian, perhaps as a bit of a follow-up to what you've just said right now, uh, some of these uh, assumptions that investors tend to make sometimes are sort of being tested. Um, you think just because it's a good business, things are going to go well, but the market shows you otherwise. Do you think this is something that is, uh, is this fundamentally an attitude uh, that is sort of uh, here in the long term, or is this just a simple symptom of uh, the short-term pressure that investors tend to feel? No, I think I think the key is just to understand that there's different drivers for equity outcomes over various periods. So I think over the short-term, sentiment matters a lot. So, you know, whatever happens in the political environment also weighs into price movement. But ultimately, over the long term, it's going to come down to 
how successful the business is in creating shareholder value and particularly through through earnings growth. And then in combination with that is what you pay. So I think, do you think there's an element that it's gone gone largely forgotten? But as I say, I think this year helped a lot to re-emphasize the importance of valuation again, which has sort of been an overlooked area for, for quite some time. I mean, the the growth versus value cycle continued for, for multiple years now. We even met every managers started to change styles and start investing in growth business because value was under so much pressure. But I think, again, back to the severity of the Fed rate hikes and the importance of, you know, the cost of capital um, in investing and, and how meaningful that is to a business and the economy and the earnings growth of companies has, again, highlighted that these vulnerable vulnerabilities are things that will transpire through time and you need to make sure that your portfolio is not vulnerable from a valuation perspective. All right. And uh, I think, you know, everything that you're saying sort of lends itself to where we are in the investment landscape. A lot of, uh, like we said just now, a lot of the assumptions now being tested and having to be adjusted because of the realities that are being faced on the ground and that valuation issue being a big one that uh, people are likely going to be grappling with, at least in the coming year. Not to show where that's something that will be there for the long term, but at least, like you said, in the short term, that sentiment really does matter. So we started off uh, this conversation, Adrian, talking about um, some of the things that you and your team sort of saw at the end of 2021 into 2022 using the data that you guys had on hand. And now we ask for the crystal ball to say that same research one year later at the end of 2022. What are you guys saying or seeing that could possibly happen in markets uh, next year? It's always interesting that time of the year that you start to apply your mind as to what what could transpire next year. So I'm I'm, I'm sure the listeners would be interested um, to, to hear what the views are. But you know, forecasting is a, a notoriously difficult thing to do. So I think you know, wherever we have a view on a specific asset class and we we want to position a portfolio in a certain direction, we'll make sure that we do it in a prudent way because there's also a possibility that 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 you don't you don't get the call right and on the balance you you hope to get more things right than you you get wrong so very important from from a diversification perspective but i think some of the broader things that we can anticipate to happen is that like i mentioned earlier we should as a norm expect some political surprises around the world and locally Uh, we don't know exactly what it's going to be and how severe it will be but if the past few years have taught us anything is that there's always some noise in the system from a political perspective. And we know that that's a key driver for equity performance over the very short term. Um, it's something that investors should expect. We never know exactly what it will be, but there will be some noise there. Um, importantly, we think uh, Fed hikes will likely peak late uh, next year and, and we will see a meaningful deceleration of the inflation numbers, which will obviously have a meaningful impact on how we see interest rates pan out from, from there, probably laying the foundation for for an uptick in markets in, in the subsequent years, which is um, quite important. Um, and I think very important for investors in multi-asset portfolios where there's bonds and cash is that we do think those assets will make a bigger contribution to the portfolio than what they have in recent years. Cash rates have moved higher, so interest rates uh, will benefit the portfolio and buffer some volatility. And bond yields are not as low as what they were 
um, at the beginning of the year so they can actually make a, a, a contribution and they are not as risky as what they, they were. And then lastly, I think a really big story for next year is, is most probably dollar weakness and what the impact of that's going to be on portfolios and asset classes. And, and that's something that's uh, high on our priority list uh, at the moment. All right. So, you know, very interesting uh, uh, predictions coming through from uh, Adrian, uh, their data, just looking at uh, what's going to happen next year, uh, trying to piece together some of the possibilities. He highlights the fact that uh, because we are currently in a hiking cycle in terms of interest rates, next year the peak is expected and then uh, that's likely to then come with uh, a deceleration in terms of the inflation and more likely, as he said, uh, setting up you know, a lot of markets for either recovery or an uptick in activity beyond that point. And then also uh, just uh, you know, highlighting the fact, I think this is something that he mentioned quite a bit throughout, is uh, the political uncertainty. Uh, geopolitics uh, this year has been one of the biggest curveballs that was thrown towards economies and markets around the world in terms of the Russia-Ukraine war. And it's had massive ripple effects. And uh, Adrian is just saying that uh, we might see other political events coming through in the next year because it's one of those things that is very hard to predict. So that's been it. Very fascinating discussion. Just looking back at the year that was in the markets and uh, also trying to look forward at the year uh, that is to come. So that brings us to the end of this podcast about uh, investment highlights for this year, uh, sponsored by PSG Wealth. Uh, thank you so much to Adrian Pask, who is the Chief Investment Officer over at uh, PSG Wealth. Adrian, thank you so much for being with us today. Cool. Thank you very much. I've been your host, uh, Muriwa Gavaza, writer with The Business Day and the Financial Mail. And remember that you can subscribe for free episodes on iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Cast, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts.